Please be seated. Well, again, it is Palm Sunday, and so this morning we're going to look at a scene in Mark's gospel uh, during that last week of Jesus' uh, life and ministry uh, leading up to the crucifixion. Uh, we're going to be in uh, Mark chapter 12. And so just by way of context, where we are in Mark's gospel uh, is we've just witnessed the triumphal entry. As has already been noted, uh, we remember that on Palm Sunday, Jesus entering triumphantly into Jerusalem. Uh, and immediately after the triumphal entry is the cleansing of the temple. And then right after that, the authority of Jesus is challenged. In fact, it's not just challenged once, but there are a, a whole series of confrontations from the end of chapter 11 all the way through chapter 12. And Jesus is challenged by several groups, uh, groups of religious experts in the temple. Uh, he's challenged by the chief priests, uh, teachers of the law, elders, Pharisees, Herodians, Sadducees. And today he is confronted one more time. Uh, but this time, not by a group but rather by an individual, by one person. He's confronted by one of the scribes in Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 34. Well, let's take a moment to pray before we hear God's word. Well, Lord God, we, uh, we do come before you uh, once again this morning to hear from you, to hear your word, uh, that our minds might be renewed, that our hearts might be transformed, and that our very lives might be enlivened by the gospel of your grace. And so we pray now, open us to your word and your word to us. Amen. So Mark chapter 12, uh, beginning with verse 28, hear the word of God. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that Jesus answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is this, hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that God is one and that there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. This 
is God's word. Well, our passage uh, breaks nicely into three sections, and so that's how we're going to look at it this morning. Uh, Verse 28, the conflict. Uh, Verses 29 to 31, the command. And verses 32 to 34, the cross. Conflict, command, and cross. And so, of course, we start with the conflict. Now, the conflict, verse 28 says that one of the scribes heard them disputing or debating. Now, again, there have been a series of of confrontations with uh, various groups of these religious experts challenging Jesus' authority in the temple. Uh, Each challenger seeking to undo Jesus, to undermine his authority. And over and over and over again, Jesus answers each challenger skillfully pointedly and wisely, and each time the challenger is silenced. And as Mark notes at the very end of verse 34, this time, this time all are silenced by Jesus' response. For it says, after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Now every time I read that verse, I'm always taken back to a seminary class of mine with, uh, with J.I. Packer. Uh, some of you may know who Dr. Packer is, a great articulator and defender of historic Christian beliefs. In this particular day, Dr. Packer was teaching a class on the Trinity. And so at the end of his lecture, he opened it up for questions, like all of our professors would do. And there was a, a student uh, at the back of the room, I'll say a poor fellow at the back of the room, who, cha- who asked a question, a question that challenged historic Orthodox evangelical theology. And Dr. Packer replied, Young man, you are headed in the dangerous direction of heresy. And it got quiet. After a long silence, Dr. Packer then asked, Are there any other questions today? And to quote Mark, After that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Because you see, clearly, Dr. Packer was the authority in the classroom. And likewise, and more so, Mark shows us that Jesus is the authority in the temple. But you know, there's another conflict going on here. It's actually one that's much deeper. And it's found in the scribe's question. Which commandment is the most important of all? In other words, what do I really need to do? What do I really need to focus my life on? What matters most? You know, it's a question we all ask in in one form or another. What, What do I need to do? What do I need to do to make life work? What do I need to do so that that life will be manageable and maybe even meaningful? You know, it makes me me think about bestseller lists, you know, of books. Do do you realize that self-help books are some of the best-selling books in the U.S. year after year? And there's some great ones out there. In fact, if you look up a top ten list, there there are going to be some that are almost always on the list. And then some new ones that that get added. uh, Uh, is the years change. But you know, this points to our desire to make life 
manageable and, and meaningful to understand what do we need to do. You know, I mean, I want to know that I'm not just doing the right thing, but I'm doing the best thing. I'm headed in the right direction. Because, you know, nobody wants to go down the wrong road. And this often points to the inner conflict. That conflict expressed within, within this very question. What do I need to do? What matters most? And Jesus answers with essentially one word. And that one word is love. Love. That leads to our second point. And so let's now talk about the command. The command, verses 29 to 31. And we get to the command by way of the question. So again, the question, what do I need to do? Which command is most important? And, and I need to point out to you that this is not a trick question. Okay, the, the scribe is not asking, not trying to, to test Jesus or, or trick him like these, these other religi religious leaders have done. No, it is a very sincere question. In fact, it is a question that these religious law experts were asking all the time because it really mattered to them. They really wanted to know what was the most important thing for them to do. Now, you, you've probably heard before that, that they had counted in the scriptures, what we know today as the Old Testament, that they had counted 365 prohibitions and 248 requirements for a total of 613 commands. Only 613 things for you to worry about each and every day. You know, small to-do list, right? No, I mean, th this was a lot for them to wrestle with. And so they were always discussing and debating what the rabbis called heavy and light. Heavy and light. Which commands were heavier and which ones were lighter? Which ones take precedence over others? Uh, verse 28 says that the scribe had seen that Jesus answered each challenge well. And so now he wants to hear Jesus' perspective on all this. He wants to hear what Jesus thinks, what Jesus says about what matters most. And so he asks, which command is most important? And Jesus answers, uh, picking back up verse 29. Jesus answered, the most important is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. That's Jesus' answer. And here Jesus is highlighting two passages in the Old Testament. Uh, one from Deuteronomy, one from Leviticus. And the first passage being a version of a, a central Jewish prayer known as the Shema. Shema being a, a Hebrew word meaning to listen or hear, know, understand. In other words, this is it. Hear, O Israel, hear, people of God, this is it. 
Jesus says what matters most is to love God and to love other people. That's it. Everything else will follow. Jesus is emphasizing the law of love. And what he's doing, as you may know, is he is summarizing the Ten Commandments. The pinnacle of God's law. The great summary itself of God's law. Jesus summarizes even that. Now, I realize when we talk about God's law, we often think about it as a bunch of impersonal rules and regulations. The checklist. Do this, don't do that, and you'll be okay. But at the heart of God's law is actually relationship. At the very heart of it is relationship. The Ten Commandments speak directly into personal relationships. Referring to everything that God wants us to know about Him. Referring to everything that God wants us to know about what it is to relate rightly to Him and to other people. How life is meant to be. How life works best. And when you think about it in terms of the the two tablets or the two tables of the law, table number one, summarized, love God. Table number two, summarized, love neighbor. But as you and I both know, we fail miserably. We fail miserably at living out this great commandment, the law of love. So think about the last time that you got angry with someone. What does Jesus say about that? He says that it's murder. It's murder in our heart. When was the last time you were anxious? Exposing that that you're not really trusting God. Or the the last time you said harsh words to a friend or, or family member. Deceived someone. Even just a little bit even if it was for a a good reason. Or maybe you didn't forgive somebody. When was the last time? Because if it wasn't this morning, then it was probably yesterday. Sinclair Ferguson. Sinclair Ferguson, pastor and professor, writes this. Jesus' answer underlines the fact that any man's attempt to measure himself against the law for his own reassurance is bound to lead to disaster. Because the very first law requires comprehensive, universal, undiluted love for God with every ounce of one's being. And it carries with it a clear implication We are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. For God made man in his image. And to love God implies that we will also love everything which reflects him in any way. And then Ferguson uh, goes on to say, in other words, Jesus' answer emphasizes the fact that God is never satisfied with anything less than the devotion of our whole life for the whole duration of our lives. Let me read that again. God is never satisfied with anything less 
than the devotion of our whole life for the whole duration of our lives. Do you feel the weight of that? Again, we fail miserably at living out the great commandment, the law of love. So Heather and I have been married for over 20 years. Some of you will have heard me uh, share this before, but I I will never forget, I don't think we'll ever forget, our premarital counseling. So we we had a pretty easy time of dating. We were in college, uh, so it it, it was great. It was fun. Then we got out into the the real world. We were engaged, and and we kind of hit some bumps in the road, and it it was a challenging season. And so I remember one day I went to see Randy. The, uh, the pastor who was uh, doing our, our premarital counseling and would eventually officiate our wedding. And I, I walked in and I said, Randy, I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just struggling to get this relationship thing right, uh, to, to, to just do it well. You know Heather, you know me, what do I need to do? And he looked at me and he said, love her. My reply was, no, 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 Randy, I don't, I don't think you heard what I'm asking. I, I don't need kind of some big vision right now. I need something really practical, a few steps. So, so just a couple of things, just take a couple of minutes. What do I need to do? Same answer. Love her. Randy, what, what do you mean? With a smile on his face, said, you're going to have to look to Jesus to figure that out. Needless to say, I left that day scratching my head going, why did I go see this man today? But eventually, over time, as I I looked back and as I reflected, I I realized what Randy was doing. And, And he was doing two things in that moment. You see, on the one hand, he was affirming the necessity of love that he knew I recognized. But on the other hand, he was also exposing my inability to love, something that I was struggling to see. Because what he really wanted for me is he wanted me to see my very present and continual need of Jesus every moment of every day. My continual need of Jesus, my present need of Jesus, right then and there, right here and now. And so what about you? Do you recognize the utter necessity of love as what matters most? And do you realize your complete inability to love in and of yourself? Well, the scribe in this passage, this scribe may be coming to grips with this truth for the first time. And that leads to our final point. Finally, let's talk about the cross. The cross, verses 32 to 34. And so the scribe is asked the question, what matters most? Jesus has answered, love God, love neighbor. And now the scribe responds to Jesus' answer. And so picking back up, verse 32. 
And the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that God is one and that there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And so that's the scribe's response. And you know, upon first read, upon our first hearing of that, it may simply sound as if the scribe is just repeating what Jesus had just said, or at least echoing what Jesus had just said. But did you hear the addition? Did you notice what the scribe adds to Jesus' answer? It's at the very end of verse 33. Because he says, to love God and to love neighbor is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. The scribe adds that. This love is much more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. Okay, why, why would he say that? Why would he, he put that on there? Well to, well, to understand what's going on here, we need to remember that central to the temple, central to, to temple worship, to, to worship of God, was Israel's sacrificial system. Okay, and this scribe has dedicated his life to studying and understanding and articulating and teaching all about it, to getting it right and to helping others get it right because it matters. And now, for the first time, he's beginning to realize it's inadequacy to completely cover sin. He's beginning to realize that, that perfect love, perfect love of God and neighbor is greater than an imperfect sacrificial system. Jesus sees that the scribe answers wisely and well. For the scribe is beginning to realize that something much bigger, something much better, something much more beautiful and powerful, something beyond the sacrificial system of the temple, that something more is necessary to fully and finally forgive sin and reconcile God and man. And Jesus says to him, verse 34, Jesus says, You are not far from the kingdom of God. You are not far from the kingdom of God. So he's moved closer, but he's not yet there. He's begun to recognize his inability to love God and love others. But he's not yet realized his need for Jesus. And if you think about it for just a moment, I mean, can you, can you imagine this scene? Can, can you see it? Can you feel this tension? This scribe standing and talking to Jesus and Jesus saying to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Because eternally... He's almost got it. He's this close, which is still very far, but this close. But then physically, oh my goodness, right in front of him is God in human flesh. 
The very thing that he goes to seek in the temple, the presence of God, is standing right before him eye to eye and saying, you are not far from the kingdom of God. You could reach out and touch me. Well, this scribe is wrestling. I mean, he is really wrestling with all that he knows and now all that he's heard and, and what he has seen. And he, he's starting to put these pieces of the puzzle together. He's starting to connect the dots. And Jesus is encouraging him. And so why then? Why doesn't Jesus just tell him how all the dots connect? Well, why? Because in a few days, Jesus will show him. Jesus doesn't tell him because in a few days, Jesus will show him how all the dots connect. Because at the end of this week, Jesus will die on a cross for the forgiveness of sin and reconciliation with God for all who will look to him in faith. Friends, have you looked to Jesus? Have you put your trust in Him and in Him alone? And if not, trust Him now. And if so, if so, are you continually looking to Jesus? Are you looking to Him right now, not just yesterday, but are you looking to Him today and for tomorrow and the next day and every day after that? Because you see, the only way we can begin to truly love God and love neighbor is to start at the cross. To see Jesus and to start at the cross. And, and God's Word teaches that genuine love in our hearts that it is generated by a growing awareness of His love for us. And nowhere is the love of God more clearly revealed, more clearly on display than at the cross. The cross of Christ. And by faith, it is the indwelling Spirit of Jesus who convinces and transforms our hearts in love to love. Because, you see, the law of love is the greatest commandment. The law of love is what matters most. The words of the Apostle John, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And thus we love because He first loved us. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Oh Lord God, we thank You for loving us. For loving us first and best and for enabling us to, to love you and also everyone we encounter. And so we pray now, continue. Continue to have mercy on us and continue to convince and transform our hearts in love to love.
Amen.